Hey, everybody. It's Timmy Gibson. Welcome to the Timmy Gibson Show. I'm getting ready to call uh, a young lady named Sarah. I found her on YouTube, and uh, I watched a video because I, as you, many of you may know, I mentioned that I was taking the entire month of October and uh, fasting or not doing coffee. Sober October. So this coffee is really, caffeine is the only drug I really uh, engage in like that. So I gave up coffee and in that process, in the first mm -hmm. few days, you know, I wanted to read what others experiences were, uh, with coffee. And so I ran across this girl named Sarah. She did a really helpful video. So I reached out to her on Instagram. She agreed to do a podcast with me. So let's give her a call real quick here. All right. Hello. Is this Sarah? This is Sarah. Sarah, this is Timmy Gibson. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on my podcast today. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. So I was just doing a little pre uh, intro before I called you and I told everybody that I saw a video because I decided to take October sober October challenge and give up caffeine coffee. Awesome. And so I uh, did a little YouTube search of other folks that have also given up coffee and your video was just really good. And so I saw that you had an Instagram. And so I reached out to you on Instagram and said, you want to come on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and you, uh, you bravely agreed. And <laughs> so welcome. Glad to yeah, have you. So have you, it. yeah, absolutely. So how about, Give us a little introduction, your little bio. Who are you? What do you do? Um, what's your deal? Um, wow. So I'm a certified nutrition coach, and I also have a podcast and a YouTube channel. And basically, I've been kind of blogging my own or vlogging my own journey for the last three years online. And uh, yeah, and it's kind of transformed into a full-time job. Um I started kind of recording my journey of doing the carnivore diet three years ago and being a yoga teacher, hence the name carnivore yogi. Uh -huh. And, um, it, I, I kind of started it as a joke to just like record my journey and just start following other accounts that were doing the same thing because it was really bizarre. And, uh, um, it is bizarre. It, I can't wait to talk more about it. Yeah. And it kind of just went viral. I had 10,000 followers within just a few months which was really shocking to me. So I guess my message and what I was putting out there was really resonating with people. And here we are three years later and made it into a job. <laughs> so good for you. That's in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, I can say this, I I've, you know, I perused your Instagram to get just a little bit of a snapshot and you actually, I think you look better, uh, possibly even younger ish than you did before. Yeah, I think I do too. I get that a lot, actually. Yeah, I I've been on a similar journey. Mine, I'm much older. I would assume I'm much older than you. How, how young are you? Yeah, uh, I I turned 42 in June. Oh, okay. So I'm 52. Yeah. So I'm 10 years older than you. But I, back in my 20s, I went through a real health crisis. And and long story short, I became I'm not a vegetarian anymore. But I did become a vegetarian uh, way back when and changed my diet, quit eating fast food, drinking pop and just all the stuff and quit eating sugar and got off all the medications that I was on and got really healthy. And my story's 
real similar. I'm at 52. Everything's great. You know, knock on wood. I have, I don't take any medications, um, and, you know, living healthy and happy and feel good. So, uh, my journey is, has been similar in the sense of just really diving into understanding what I'm putting in my body. And of course, you know, I love bacon and, and filet mignon. So I I'm back to eating meat now. Um, nice. yeah, but, uh, but I also eat, you know, the good, the other stuff too. I try to, you know, eat a balanced diet. So when you say corn carnivore, do you, you eat what, what's your, what would be a, a day of eating for you? Well, this year in 2021, I've basically switched over to a more keto approach just okay. to get a lot more variety in my diet. Um, I had a lot of problems with my gut, which is what led me to carnivore. I couldn't digest food very well. I was getting a lot of bloating and I had been diagnosed with IBS. I had a lot of eczema and just like a ton of GI issues. And then I was having joint pain and inflammation. So for two years, I was really strict and I basically just ate beef, um, eggs, maybe a little seafood, but not much. So no veggies, no vegetables for two years. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you were doing yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. I did, <laughs> That's... I did really well. Yeah. I guess uh, I'm curious what you think about this. I, I think I've learned in my 52 years that what, what works for one person might not work for someone else. Like for me, my health journey was I went vegetarian, got my health back. And then I added meat back in my diet and just have a good balance of meat and veggies. And, and that works for me and, and all my same thing. I had a lot of the uh, gut issues and, and so that's fascinating. Are do you, are you more of a, nope, this is what everybody should do? No. Um, but I did, I'm a yoga teacher. So when I first started teaching yoga years ago, I thought that it was like the thing I had to do to be vegan. Um, and I had been, you know, vegetarian kind of on and off, but once I started actually teaching full time and, um, was really immersed in the yoga world. I, I was on a vegan diet very strictly for wow. two years. And at the end of the two years, I just had a multitude of health problems. Um, my hair was falling out. I was really skinny. I was anemic. I was getting cavities. I would have, um, like injuries that wouldn't heal. And it was one of my yoga teachers that actually like took me aside and was like, um, I know what you're trying to do with the vegan thing, like, you know, non-harming, non-violence in, in yoga, we call it ahimsa. And he's like, you know, essentially you're harming yourself. Um, you look very sick. This is not working for you. You really need to eat some animal foods. Yeah. Um, it's wrecking your health. And so I, it still took me probably a couple months after that conversation before I started eating egg whites. <laughs> I wouldn't eat <laughs> yolks. which is like the yolks are the best part. Yes, they are. Nutritious. Yes. Um, but I wouldn't touch those. And I, then I would start eating like chicken breast. Um, but gradually I started eating more animal foods and I started feeling better and got my health back on track. Um, yeah. but yeah, so the, <laughs> I don't know what's right for everyone. I just know for me, I do a lot better when I have animal foods in my diet. Um, and I, you know, work with local farms, um, here in my area, there's a website called www.eatwild.com where you can find a local farmer. It's U.S. and Canada, and you can really just see how they do things and how they treat their animals and how they treat the land and, you know, decide to work with that farm. And so that's the way that I 
do this in a sustainable way um, that I feel like I'm, I'm being helpful to the environment and not harmful. Yeah. Yeah. I never really much, I, when I was vegetarian and even vegan for a little bit, for me, it wasn't about animal rights. It was just, uh, you know, I was just health. For, yeah, it was for health. I, I yeah. literally could give a shit about, I mean, I love animals, but I didn't, that didn't bother me. Um, yeah. and so, uh, adding meat back into my diet was, was definitely no, no hesitation, no problem at all. It just, it yeah. took me a minute though, because being vegetarian, I think I was vegetarian for almost 12 years. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. So I did it for a good stint and you know, it's funny. I, every time I went to the dentist, I had cavities. Uh, yep. I really didn't have, you know, the, the vegetarian lifestyle cause I was a true vegetarian. And what I mean by that is I wasn't the, the candy eating kind of vegetarian. Yeah. You're eating I, real food. Yes. Yeah. I, I was doing legumes and, you know, and, and beans and, uh, quinoa and, and yeah. broccoli and broccoli, you know, like I was doing it the, the healthy way. I wasn't eating don you know, Twinkies and ding dongs and, and candy and cookies and, and saying, I'm a yeah. vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, I was same, you know, just trying to soak all of my beans and nuts and really do the right thing. Um, not one of the like vegan cookies and cakes and processed foods type of vegans that you see. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, it's funny. It, it's, it, it became such a trend that oh, yeah. it was almost synonymous with, you know, health or yoga or meditation or anything to do with any of that. You were vegetarian or should be. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's a very, um, you know, now that I've been it, doing what I've been doing for the last three years, I've really been able to interview, talk to a lot of doctors, talk to a lot of health experts. Um, you know, the vegan thing for health is really not what it's cracked up to be. It really does a lot more damage to people than it does good um, from what I've seen and just and anecdotally for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it's fascinating because I I know that we all at least I have at times early on in my vegetarian life. um, I was brainwashed and and it, and not necessarily the person that you know, the, the people that were teaching me the ways of the vegetarian lifestyle, I mean, they weren't doing it maliciously or evilly. I mean, it had right. worked for them like it worked for me. In other words, it, it really helped me get my health back and, and it, and save my life, but it definitely wasn't for me to do forever. Like it was, right. I definitely right. feel better now eating meat and, yeah. and having meat in my diet. And, you know, I don't really get cavities much anymore, which I don't know what that's about, but well, I, your bones are built on the nutrients that you're absorbing and we need the building blocks from meat. We need choline. We need the essential amino acids. We need all of those things to build our bones and to build our teeth. So cavities are a sign that your bones are degenerating. Yeah. <laughs> and most people don't know that. I've interviewed a couple of dentists and we've talked about this, but when you start getting cavities, that's a sign that your bone health is going down the toilet because your body's not getting the essential building blocks to allow it to, to grow and thrive and heal and repair. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So it's really interesting. That is. So I'm curious, there's so many things I want to ask you. What what did you do before this? Um, I taught yoga full time. Okay. Oh, so you, you were already into yoga doing yeah, the yoga for about 12 years now. Okay. So yoga has been your thing, but the whole carnivore yeah. thing's a newer or th in the last three years. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, where, what state do you live in? If that's okay to ask. I live in Georgia. I'm in Atlanta. You're in Georgia. You don't have that strong of an accent. Well, when you live in the city your entire life, there it's kind of like a melting pot. You know, my um, my parents both have really strong accents, but they're from the Carolinas and they moved here just a little bit before I was born. So, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, when you're in the city, you don't really hear the strong accents. You don't as pick much. up the southern accent as much. No, <laughs> if I, I've been told though, if I get around my family, that I get an accent. My husband always makes fun of me. He's like <laughs> I can tell you've been with your mom because I'll I'll put a little twang onto things yeah. just after I spend time with her. That's funny. I lived in Macon, Georgia, for a summer. Um, you, if you don't know my story, I'm not going to get into it, but long story short, I was raised very religious and I was religious for a while and I was a pastor even, and I've, I left that world. Uh, and now I, I work in the wedding industry, but, ah. uh, it became, uh, just I'm spiritual and I'm just not dogmatically religious anymore, which I will ask you some stuff about your spiritual journey too. Cause I'm, I'm always curious what, what people's spiritual journey is. Um, and, how many, you know, how, what kind of unique story that people, uh, have with how they were raised and how, what they believe now. And which has been great for kind of just my own journey, knowing, knowing, um, just other people's stories has kind of helped me journey my own myself. In fact, I'm writing a memoir about kind of my escaping religion and finding faith. Anyway, I'll, I'll ask you about that in a minute. Um, sure. so I want to ask you about the coffee stuff and then I'll, then I'll, we can go into some of the, uh, spiritual what your spiritual uh, opinion is and all that kind of stuff. So sure. I found you with this coffee thing. So I've been, well, what is it? 20, whatever the 25th today, whatever it is today. I've been off coffee for the entire month of October. Um, thankfully I had started scaling down about a couple weeks out and tried to go from six cups of coffee today down to like a couple and so that when I got to sober October, that when I quit, I wouldn't have too bad of a headache, but I, I still did. Like I had that, everybody that's ever quit coffee, I think gets that feeling. It's just that headache feeling and knowing in myself, if I just had a cup of coffee, that headache would go away. And I just suffered with it and put essential oils on my neck and, you know, did mm. stretches and breathing and went for walks and, and within, I don't know, fourth, fifth day. Uh, that little slight behind the eyes, weird headache went away. And uh, oddly enough, at first, now I'm a weed smoker too. So I like to smoke weed and um, I don't do it every day, but I'll like pop a gummy or something in the evening rather than drinking alcohol. Cause I just think alcohol is so poisonous. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> alcohol is just, I mean, I like a good, a good glass of wine or a good whiskey or a scotch once in a blue moon. Um, but I would much rather do marijuana than I would, um, for sure do to drink anyway. So, um, but the first week or so of, of the sober October, I actually, cause I, I was one of those people that could drink coffee at night in like, oh, gosh. At, I could be sitting in bed drinking coffee and reading and then get tired and lay down and fall right to sleep in two minutes. Like I, I, I've never coffee, never messed up my sleep ever until I quit it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so I quit drinking coffee and then I can't sleep. Oh no. Uh, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And so 
three or four days later that I ended up that I, that was fine too. It took a few days and then that went away and I'm back to sleeping my normal. I lay my head down and I don't remember anything until I wake up. So, <laughs> so well, tell me, good. so tell me about your coffee journey and what have you learned about coffee? What have you underst- understand about coffee and why is coffee good or bad? And, and tell me, help me here. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily like good or bad. I think it's something that people can use strategically. Unfortunately, people just get so addicted to it that they never give their body a break from it, I think is the main problem. Um, People are just kind of guzzling coffee. They don't really have a handle on like their natural energy, you know? Yeah. Um, And so for me, I just was knowing that I was just very addicted to it. I just knew I was like, this is too much. I've got a problem. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's like when you wake up and you go like straight to the coffee maker, you know, that that is more, that's an issue. Um, you know, you don't, it's like the first thing that you're doing every morning is drinking coffee. That's a problem in order to like get your day started and get your energy started. So, um, there was that. And then I'm also in recovery. Um, I haven't drank in like five years and I'm, that's a big part of my spirituality is being in recovery also. Um, and I just felt like this addiction quality to my coffee drinking. And so it was like February of this year, I decided I wanted to give it up. Um, and just see how I felt. And yeah, it was not easy. It took me a while. I, I did it gradually. And I had the sleep disturbance, like my sleep had been pretty decent, but then it was screwed up for, I would say a couple of weeks. It was messed up. Um, but then it got a lot better Then it got way better. And I've had a lot of really interesting things change with my health and my, I use an aura ring to track my heart rate variability. My heart rate variability has doubled. Um, so that means my body is recovering and repairing a lot more deeply in my sleep than it was when I was drinking the coffee every day. Um, so that's pretty cool, but yeah, I mean, I've just, that's, that's pretty much my journey with, with giving up the coffee. And, um, I know if I was to have a cup today that I probably would want to have a cup again tomorrow and then it would probably (laughs) would. You know, it just would turn back into a daily thing for me again. And I don't really want to do that. So that's why I've just, you know, stayed off of it. So you've just quit it altogether. Yeah. Yep. Oh, now does your husband still drink coffee? Oh, yeah. Every morning. He still (laughs) has that thing going every single morning. (laughs) You know, I, so here's what I've considered and I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, you know, it's funny. I start you, as you get older, you start to kind of see patterns in your own life and I'm, I'm kind of an all or nothing kind of a person, right? Oh, that's me. I'm going to really, yeah. yeah. So it's like, if I'm going to do this, that's that's what I am. Yes. If I'm going to work out, like I'm going to work out and I'm going to get a routine and I'm going to, you know, so with the coffee thing, I've said, people have asked me, are you going to go back on coffee? And yeah. I said, you know, I don't think so because a, I don't miss it at this point and the benefits, I just don't miss it. Like I just don't yeah. miss it. And I replaced it yeah. with non-caffeinated teas. Uh, I do cacao or whatever. Like I've, I've chosen other things, uh, yeah. that, that I enjoy that are hot and I can use my mag- mug collection. So I, here's my, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, I don't know for sure if I'll do this, but I'm considering 
just doing it like I do ice cream, which is once in a while. Yeah. Um, I have ice cream maybe once a month and on a busy month, maybe, maybe twice a month. So I just don't know though. Ice cream is different even though there is sugar in there, but ice creams, I I just feel like if I have a hot cup of coffee, I might be like, Oh man, that'd be nice tomorrow too. Yeah. That's how I am. Um, you know, but I was like that with ice cream for a long time too. And that was why carnivore diet was so helpful for me for a couple of years. I just didn't eat ice cream. I didn't eat cake. I didn't eat any sugar at all. Zero. Um, and that gave my like addictive side, just like a big break. And now I can have ice. And if I really want, like to have it very often because it doesn't make me feel very good. Yeah. Um, but I'm at the point now where I can have, um, ice cream, you know, once a week, but I never had like a really dysfunctional relationship with ice cream. Yes. I, I feel like I had a really dysfunctional relationship with coffee. So yes. there's the, <laughs> The, the wiring in my brain around coffee is a, a bajillion times stronger than my the wiring in my brain around ice cream, right, you know? Right. No, I completely understand that. When I went to, uh, before, before 2020, back in April of 2019, I went on a three week trip to Europe and, you know, Paris and Rome and just all over. And well, coffee's a big time part of the culture. And also a lot of people smoke, uh, over yeah, there too. It's fascinating. Yeah. I I've never wanted to, I mean, I've, I was a teenager that smoked like most teenagers tried it and did it, whatever. Um, but, but I'm not a smoker. I mean, I like a good cigar here and there, but even when I was in Europe, I was like, well, man, maybe I should start smoking, <laughs> <laughs> but I was drinking. No joke. This is no joke. I would have, uh, three to as many as five, cappuccinos every day for three weeks yeah and slept like a baby ever didn't get the jitters uh was fine uh, i feel like my digestion thankfully I, I feel like maybe my digestion has gotten even better um since not being on coffee um though i i think i kind of have a pretty tough stomach because at coffee i could drink coffee Right when I'd wake up, I was that guy. I stumbled into the to the coffee maker, started it, and just loved the smell. And as soon as it was done, I was starting on my first cup on an empty stomach, and it and it never really affected me uh, poorly. Wow, yeah, that sounds about right. So you, uh, with the meat diet, did what were the first few things that you noticed when you literally cut out everything but meat? What were some of the things that you started noticing? Well, immediately all the bloating and gas was gone, um, like totally gone. And my stomach was flat and the joint pain and inflammation was gone within like a couple of weeks. Um, sleep got better. I dropped a bunch of weight. Um, I mean, it was really quickly that it started working. And I, my plan was originally to only do it for 30 days. Um, but after 30 days, I just felt so incredibly good that I kept going. Um, so yeah, that's Mm. (laughs) immediately, I noticed a lot of the problems, the reason why I tried it, those problems were just gone immediately. Um, yeah. And how'd you hear about it? Where, like, what was it a book? Was it a video, a friend? 
Um, Michaela Peterson was on the Joe Rogan show and she talked about it. Sean Baker was also on the Joe Rogan show. He was talking about it. Um, so, and I had a doctor friend of mine who was in town here. She's a functional medicine doctor. And I was just telling her about how miserable I was. And I was at the point where I couldn't really practice yoga the way that I like to practice yoga, which is a little more athletic style. And it was just hurting me. My body was like in pain when I try to do like, a, you know, vigorous yoga. And she was like, look, we could do a bunch of labs for you. We could really look and see what's going on. But I think that if you just try this carnivore diet, it's going to get rid of a lot of the issues that you're having. And she had been doing it for five months at the time. Um, and so I was like, well, if she's doing it and she's not dead, um, after five months, then I guess I could try it. You know, I was just like sure. so desperate at the time that I just wanted to, I couldn't do my job really. Um, and I was sleeping on the couch a lot of nights cause I would have gas and it would keep my husband awake and it just was awful. Yeah. Um, so I was just at this desperation point. And so my doc, my friend who's a doctor, I, that's what gave me the idea. And then I started, digging around on the internet. I found Dr. Baker. I found Michaela Peterson, Jordan Peterson. I found people that had been doing it for multiple years and that were having like amazing, um, results with their health. And, uh, so it's kind of like the, it's a small little community, but there's, there's a community, you know, I mean, my page grew from zero to 10,000 in just a few months. And all those people were interested in the carnivore diet. That's why they started following me. So oh, there's a, that's it's awesome. an interesting little niche out that's out there. Yeah, that it is. And I've, I'm a, I love Joe Rogan and watch, uh, listen to his show pretty much every episode. And I, I heard all those episodes that you talked about and that's what kind of cued me into every time Joe Rogan would say that he eats primarily just meat. And I was like, Oh, yeah. that's not good. Joe in my mind. I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea, Joe, you know, yeah. but, but yeah. it's working for him. And so that's when I started getting these, the realizing that, you know what? you know, different strokes for different folks. I mean, it's, it's for what, for the person that the vegetarian diet works great. If it's actually working and it's keeping you're healthy and happy and it's working great. But if it's right. not, then you don't be afraid. Don't make it like a religion. Don't make it like right. you're so diehard vegan that you can't even look at a piece of meat. You definitely wouldn't touch a piece of meat because that might be the very thing you need to get healthy. Right. Definitely. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you've, uh, found this, this niche and I think it's just awesome. And I, like I said, I, I just, when I watched your video on YouTube on the coffee thing, I thought, Oh, Sarah seems like a sweet person. I'm going to you know reach out to her and, and pick her brain about some of this health stuff. Um, well, a couple, another, one more question about the, the meat thing. And then I want to skip to your spiritual journey. So on the meat thing, what kind of, uh, like, what were the amounts of meat? I would assume that it was small amounts of meat multiple times a day or what, what was kind of your routine with eating? Actually really the opposite. I mean, I could usually eat just one or two meals a day. Um, and I would eat, you know, probably about between one pound to two pounds of meat per day. Um, I would add fat to it. Eating enough fat is very, very important um, so that you can get your body in a ketogenic state. Yeah. Um, but I would just naturally fast, you know, intermittent fasting after it took a few months. So I tell people if they want to do fasting, wait, you know, wait a few months, wait at least three to four months, if not longer for your body to just naturally say, oh, I don't know. I don't need this meal. I'm not really hungry. 
And the fasting thing just kind of comes naturally when you do a diet that has no carbohydrates in it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would just eat two more substantial size meals and that would be it for me. Some days I would just eat one meal. So did you ever find yourself craving carbs? I've had a couple of occasions where I was, you know, skimming on the carbs, um, which I would do healthy carbs most, mostly, mostly. Um, yeah. and then I would, if I would notice that I, I could just, I don't know how to explain it, but I was just like, I need carbs. I need to eat carbs and I'd, I'd yeah. eat carbs and I'd instantly feel better. What? No, not after the initial, like the, the first 30 days really is not, not very fun. Um, I, I had so many great things happening with my health, like the bloating and the pain and the indigestion and all that stuff was just gone. So that's really just what like kept me going. Um, but it was, um, I, and I definitely had cravings that first month, um, uh, probably the first six weeks, really, I had a lot of cravings, but once you get past that, you don't get cravings. Like if you don't eat it, you're not going to crave it. It's like alcohol. If I don't drink alcohol, I don't think about alcohol. You know, right, right. if I don't eat sugar, I don't think about eating sugar. And even now I really do a pretty much just keto approach. Um, I really still don't, I eat carbs one day a week. I come out of ketosis on purpose. This is uh -huh. something new that I'm just trying to build metabolic flexibility. So my body's good at burning fat and sugar. Yeah. Um, I can switch back and forth between fuel sources very easily now, but, um, that's new for me. I didn't do that for the first two years. And even now I really don't get a lot of sugar cravings as long as I have adequate fat and adequate nutrients in my diet. And when you say fat, I'm assuming you mean like good fat, like avocados and butter, ghee, avocados, um, nuts. I don't really eat a lot of nuts just okay. because those tend to be inflammatory. Oh. Um, and addictive, but I mean, nuts aren't the worst thing. Okay. So Sarah, I actually, I keep wanting to move on to this spiritual thing and I keep having all these questions about nutrition. So <laughs> do you take any supplements? That's one question. So remember that one. The other question is, um, what did you notice with your skin and did it change at all? So do you do, do you do supplements? Yeah, I do. I've tried a, a lot of different supplements and I've really found that, you know, what I really need is mineral balance. And that's what a, most people need when they think they need a lot of supplements. It's just that they need more minerals. Um, so I've really kind of gotten my supplement routine down to, I do take some digestive enzymes. I do take a um, butyrate supplement. And I take um, a magnesium every single night and I take these, um, they're called Quinton minerals and they're little glass ampules that you break open and put in your water. So that is really, that's really it. Um, I do take a couple other things strategically, like if I'm fasting to amplify the fast sure. or if I'm a little bit more inflamed, I will take some things to help with inflammation if okay. there's a little extra stress in my life, but yeah. Uh, I don't really take a ton of supplements. Okay. What's the magnesium for? What's it good for? I forget. Sleep, um, nervous system health. It's really good for nervous system health. Okay. Yeah. Most people are deficient in magnesium. And I mean, our soils are extremely depleted. Um, so people are like, oh, you're doing the no carb diet or whatever. And that's why you're so depleted. It's no, it's most people are really depleted in magnesium. 
Yeah, I started taking magnesium. You know, <laughs> being that I'm 52, I actually take a the over 50 pill. You know, it's the over 50 that apparently is you know perfectly uh, planned just for a man over 50 or in his 50s. And so I take one of those, but then I also take some natural. Um, I can't. I mean, I can't think. Of, I, I won't be able to say the name. It's like A W A. T-C-H-A-W-D-A something. It's some kind of herb that helps build testosterone. It's for men, right? Huh, I haven't so, heard of that one. I, yeah, it's an herb that it's increases testosterone. And um, thankfully, I've never, I don't have any of the signs of being low in testosterone. You know, the, all the different, like, I don't have a low libido. My libido oh, that's good. Yeah, it's really high. And thankfully, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty anti-drug. I don't take any prescription drug. I'm anti-prescription drugs. So I like to try to do everything I can as naturally as possible. Um, you might like to try for testosterone. Um, have you ever looked into red light therapy at all? No. Oh yeah. I just did a podcast. It's on my YouTube channel just last week with, um, the guy who owns, uh, EMR tech, which is a red light panel company. And I loved my red light panel. I mean, I just actually was sitting in front of it just now when we were talking the first half. I do it every day, but there are clinical studies that show red light therapy will increase your testosterone. And I've actually, really? um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just getting in front of that panel every day will increase and you'll, you don't have to do it for very long. You can do it 20 minutes a day and you're good. Um, but that's something I tell people if they have low testosterone, I'm like, before you go buy a bunch of stuff and try, you know, look at doing artificial stuff, look, try a red light and see if that doesn't help you. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, I thankfully I've really never had an issue, but just because of my age, I yeah. thought yeah, I might as well take hormones some hormones yeah. and mitochondria decline starting at age 25, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I would love to have I don't know if you're fascinated with this at all, but it's uh Dr. Dr. Sinclair, the one that's uh stud studying, he's famous for studying longevity. Um, oh yeah, I haven't looked into a ton of his work, but I definitely look into longevity quite a bit. Oh, he's been great. I mean, he's been on Joe Rogan and Tom Bly or whatever. I mean, he's been on a lot of shows and I've really enjoyed, uh, just his, his teachings on youthfulness because at, at 52, most people don't ever guess me to be 52. Um, usually they guess me around my early forties, which is very flattering, but my whole family has always looked young. And so, yeah. you know, and you never know, right. You just like life is, you know, you, you don't know what to expect, right. You just keep getting older and you keep looking in the mirror thinking, wow, you know, I'm lucky. I kept my hair. I'm 52 and have my, have a full head of hair. I, you know, I, I just got, yeah. I assume I just got lucky or whatever they say it's on the mother's side of the family, but I've heard that's actually a myth that, that it's just, you, you just luck of the draw. So but, you know, you just don't know if you're going to be one of those people. Like I've run into people that my classmates that I'm like, you guys look like my parents. Like you guys look old and and worn out and not healthy at all. And, you know, just very unhealthy. So I've been very a lucky, but also it's very intentional for me. You know, I I I know how to eat to feel right. And I know if I eat certain things like ice cream, I, I know I'm going to suffer for it for at least a day. And I choose to, 
accept that the consequences. Um, but I try to do the 80, 20 rule. I try to spend 80% of my time eating clean, healthy, nutritious food. And then the 20%, maybe 10, maybe I do 90, 10, but I, I, you know, you live life, right? I don't want a, right. a comment, a comment to hit the earth. And I'm like, damn it. I should have eaten that fucking bowl of ice cream. <laughs> right. Right. I yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, I, I do the same now. I was so strict for that two years that, you know, I'm a little bit more lenient now. I do, like I said, eat keto at least six days a week. But for me, that doesn't feel strict after doing carnivore for two years. Like yeah. eating keto is so easy and it's just a lifestyle now. It's just kind of the way I eat and the way that I cook for the family. And um, I'm sure my husband just was listening to a podcast with me this weekend. Um, he, he's kind of, he thinks I'm a little crazy, but he was <laughs> He really does. Like he thinks I'm insane. He thinks all you're a little weird, cuckoo. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Although I do a lot of weird stuff and he's just like, oh, great. Here's more <laughs> weird shit my wife. Is you're doing. not into conspiracy theories, are you? Mm, I mean, depends on what you want to call conspiracy uh, theories. Are you a QAnon? <laughs> you're not a QAnon, are you? Oh, no. Hell okay. No, okay. Not. <laughs> definitely not. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I mean by conspiracy theory. Some of the other stuff it's like could be true. Right. But QAnon right. is like a whack out group. No, I'm not into the QAnon. Don't yeah. worry about that. Good. Um, I'm I'm more of like I'm interested in in quantum physics and and really just like I I never shut the door on things. I'm always like, well, you know, there's always a possibility yeah. for things. Well, um, epigenetic epigenetics. I mean, the I mean, how does the placebo work, right? I mean, if if you take a, a sugar pill and it works, to me, that's the power of the mind. Yeah, that's the quantum field. You're right. I mean, exactly. That's, that's yeah, that's how it works. So to shut things, people are so big on cancel culture now and just shutting people down because they disagree with one little thing that somebody says. And it's like, yeah, have fun with that. That's not really a good positive way to live your life. No, it is not. So you, I'm sure you know Dr. Joe Dispenza then. Oh, definitely. Oh, I yeah. love Joe Dispenza. Okay. Yeah. You and I are, you and I are syncing up. This is cool. I, I figured just from the little bit I saw of you, I thought, I, I thought, man, this girl's going to be cool. I think she's no, she knows some, uh, or shares some of the similar, uh, beliefs or ideas or thoughts on, on life. And that's, that's cool. So, okay. The other one, the question was about your skin and then we're going to go into the spiritual talk. So did it eating carnivore, did that your skin respond? Definitely. Um, I will say that I had to really mind my fat intake. Um, so as long as I'm eating enough fat, because you can eat really lean meats and that's not healthy for most people. You need, you know, your body is only built to run off of fat or sugar. It doesn't run off of just pure protein. There's, there's only two sources your brain and body can run off of it's glucose or ketones. And so I have to mind my fat intake if I'm doing carnivore or, or keto too. Um, so that my body has adequate fat. So as long as I'm eating enough fat, my skin literally looks like better than it did in my early thirties. I get compliments on my skin all the time. Um, and so it definitely cleared up. I got rid of all the eczema that I had kind of lingering around my skin pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, definitely improvements with the skin. And so the keto, I I've never done keto. I eat probably what would be considered, I guess, paleo, which is meat and veggies. Um, yep. I pretty much eat meat and veggies. That's kind of what I, what I eat, except when I do breakfast, I'll do eggs, bacon, and, um, 
fried up potatoes in some olive oil or something. You know, a yep. pota- I slice up a potato and just throw it in there and do, fry that up. And then uh, lunch will be chicken and broccoli. And then I did make a chili because it's cold here in Kansas City and fall is upon us. So I made a huge, big uh, meat uh, chili last night and cooked it in the crock pot for like six hours. And so that's now what I'll eat um, probably for dinner. So that has, you know, a bunch of different veggies and then legumes and then, of course, hamburger in it. Uh, so key, what is it? What is keto exactly? I know what paleo is, which is how I eat. What is keto? I, only thing I know about it, it, there's a lot of fat in it. Yeah. I mean, you want your body to be in a ketogenic state. So that means burning ketones as your main fuel source. And it doesn't yeah. have to be, you don't have to be in ketosis all the time for it to be effective. Like I said, I take one day a week where I'll have you know, I'll make homemade French fries or I'll make homemade ice cream, or if I really want to have regular whatever cake or whatever, I'll have it on that one day. Um, but so the other six days of the week I'm eating, you know, if you pull out like something like a, my fitness pal, I would say between 75 to 80% of my macronutrients is coming from fat. And the other, um, 20, 25% is uh, protein. And I will eat a little carbs in there, like, cause you get trace amounts of carbs from avocado, from vegetables. I can eat like real green vegetables, um, and cook those really well and still stay in ketosis. Okay. Um, yeah, you can eat cheese. You can eat, well, if you're not allergic to it, you can eat cheese, avocados, butter as your olive oil. You can eat that if you like it as a fat source. Okay. And then the rest, you know, your protein again is like probably about 20% and then carbs are about five to 10%. So you just, every day looks a little different. If I have a day where I work out really hard or I do a lot of steps, a lot of activity, I can get away with, you know, a little bit less fat, a little more protein, a little bit more carb, but, and still stay in ketosis. But I've kind of built this, um, my metabolism is really in a place where it can switch back and forth between fuel sources And, you know, if I, the days that I eat sugar, like my one day out a week where I'm eating low carbohydrate, I'm back in ketosis the next day by like 10 o'clock easy. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. But it wasn't like that when I first started. So it takes a while for you to get fat adapted for your body to really efficiently learn how to burn fat as a fuel source that that can take six, eight weeks, some people longer, just depending on their pre-existing health conditions. Yeah. And then how did it affect your weight? I, um, I apologize. I didn't, I haven't looked at you deep enough to, to see, um, like what your physique looks like. How, how was your physique impacted by this diet change? Um, not hugely, honestly, because I didn't have a bunch of weight to lose. I've lost a lot of weight this year. Um, but I, it's not really from diet change. (laughs) Unlike most people. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's more from like lifestyle change is how I lost my weight this year. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's most people do lose weight, but you still have to account for like calories. You can't just eat unlimited food. That's the problem that people have like, oh, I went keto and I gained weight or carnivore and I gained weight. And I'm like, yeah, because you're eating more. Right. You, you can't break the laws of physics. Like, sorry, does it just because you have like a diet label of whatever you're eating, you're still, you still have to burn off more energy than you're consuming. Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. So the spiritual stuff. Tell me a little bit about your religious or spiritual upbringing and then where you are today. 
Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> do you really want to know? Um, I My parents actually moved to Georgia from the Carolinas before I was born to start a church here called the Church of Atlanta. Oh, um, my. Yeah. Have you, have you heard of this branch of uh, church? <laughs> well, I was a part. So I was an evangelical. Now that you've said that, I'll tell you a little bit more about me real quick. So I was an evangelical pastor for 30 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm not anymore. Right. Um, wow. And I'll we'll get hopefully we'll get into this because I'm very curious where you are to where you are now. So I wasn't a PK preacher's kid like you, but my parents, my mom was the pianist. And my dad was the worship leader. So in a way, you know, I was born in the church pew. I went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, anytime there was revivals or prayer meetings or anything, I was there. So I was raised in it, went off to seminary, graduated seminary and you know, the rest is history. And now I, I do not, I don't even really, I would hesitate to call myself a Christian even yeah. though there are some of the things, I mean, I really love the message of Jesus. Um, but I also like the message of Buddha. So anyway, I can relate with you there, but what, uh, was this a certain group of churches that were being planted? Cause the ARC was a church planning group that I was with. Well, it's, so it was like built by the members, but they, um, prescribed, subscribe to a guy named watchman lee brother lee and they would listen to a lot of his lecture it was kind of bizarre yeah sorry it um, sounds so culty already <laughs> yeah and the version of the bible that we read from was called the recovery version and it literally like it was the footnotes were freaking epic like crazy shit like the foot it was like we're gonna read a, a verse from the bible but then the footnote's gonna be like freaking five pages long of our interpretation of this bible verse i mean it was crazy stuff um you know and some of my best friends of course because i grew up in that church and there was no pastor it was met, built by the members and then they would there was no pastor we would sit it was some parts of it were kind of cool we would sit um in worship and you know, people would share. So instead of a pastor, people would share about how, you know, God had touched their life that week and how the oh. Lord had worked in their life. That was, that was a cool way to grow up. Um, sure. just seeing that people just sharing their experiences and we would pray, read, um, different chapters, which was really weird. Um, <laughs> they would like shout out different Bible verses and then they would have like their own version of like all the hymns, like they rewrote all the hymns. Um, and there were like churches all over, like, so there's, you know, it's like the church of whatever city you're in. Right. And so there were churches like that all over, you know, the country. Most of them were in California and my parents were some of the people that built this one here in Atlanta. Okay. Um, so I was raised with that and they were kind of like, Hey, you know, if you're not in this, in this version of like Christianity, they're not going to be in the rapture. Like these people are not going to be raptured. Um, we're going to be taken up. And then like the, all the sinners are going to be left and like, everything's going to burn, burn down. And uh, like, so I, you know, and then my so parents to, like this private, I'm like, that's why I'm like, do you really want to know my religion history? Cause yes. it's kind of effed up. I know this um, is great. This is perfect for my podcast. It's, it's going to get darker. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I also went to private Christian school on top of being in this church. And, um, you know, the, I, I basically was like, t 
taught to believe, yeah, even though you're at a private Christian school, those people aren't like real Christians. And like, they're actually going to be left here during the rapture because they're not like lukewarm. They're, they were called like overcomers. If you're an overcomer, um, then you get to go to heaven. Like just being a Christian wasn't good enough. Like you have to be an overcomer also. It it was really bizarre. That is bizarre. Um, and all of my friends that I grew up with, they're out of the church now. Like all, most of us are, are like out. Um, yeah. My parents left the church when I was like 12, um, but I continued the private Christian school. Um, and then when I was like 13, I found out that, um, well, my dad kind of was uncloseted and, you know, he had a drug and alcohol problem and um, ended up you know, being a homosexual and, um, HIV positive. And so my whole life completely fell apart when I was 13, um, left, we couldn't afford the private Christian school. I went to public school. My dad moved away, um, to Miami South beach. And yeah, my mom was just like left with the three of us. Like, what the hell do I do now? And so that's devastated. Oh, totally. And I mean, yeah, he was like 11 years older than her. He, she had left like rural North Carolina, lived on a farm, you know, like farm girl left farm and left everybody to come, you know, build this church here in Georgia and, uh, with my dad and it it just, yeah, it all like exploded. And, uh, so can I ask you a question? If this is, you know, if I can't ask this, like, just tell me no, but I mean, were there any signs that your dad was a homosexual or was there any? I mean, when I was growing up, like it's your dad. So it's like, you know, you don't really know any different, but right. <laughs> he was very effeminate and, um, you know, he's a luxury car salesman. So his wardrobe was like pristine. So, oh my God. <laughs> like when he, when he died, his wardrobe was just like insane like thousand dollar suits like the ties the suits the shoes i mean everything was like dressed to the top of the line tailored oh yeah and and yeah so there i mean on the outside yeah but for me growing up as a child like it's just like that's your parents and you don't really question it um but yeah, now looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, not was, none of my clear as day. <laughs> had a dad that took them to the opera and the symphony as a child and wore a fanny pack and right. you know, like, <laughs> it's like no, like, <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Okay, you're right. That that that, that took a turn. So uh, yeah, I, so I, then I interrupted you. So. And you I fell like, out. Your dad moved to Miami. Like, this. like you're going to force me to do all this church and Christian shit, like my whole life. And then you're going to go and be gay and like go to South beach and like do a bunch of drugs and yeah, fuck you. Yeah. It seems very and hypocritical. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's when I basically fell out with Christianity and religion because I would just like, didn't, I just couldn't comprehend like my whole life just didn't make sense after that. Right. Um, so I didn't, I wasn't really religious at all after that. Um, I, I found my way back to spirituality, um, through yoga, essentially that, and, and through sobriety also through having to get sober. 
um, because I developed a drug and alcohol problem myself and it was going to kill me. And so the only way for me to overcome that was through, you know, joining, joining the rooms of AA, I'll break anonymity here. And, you know, part of that whole deal is you have to have a higher power and they don't tell you that it has to be Jesus. They don't tell you it has to be from the Bible. They just say you have to have a higher power and it's just not you. Yeah. Something outside (laughs) yourself. Right. Exactly. It could be, you know, some people say, oh, it's the doorknob or whatever. Like for me, a lot of times it's the group of people that I'm with in those rooms of recovery that keep me going, that keep, you know, that, that allow me to, to keep going. Um, so yeah, I view spirituality a lot differently. I'm also heavily into, um, meditation. I, I was initiated into Vedic meditation about three years ago. I've been to Bali and done 10 day, like all, you know, rounding retreats where I'm meditating eight hours a day. Um, I've done the, I've studied the Vedas, which is only an oral, oral tradition. So I've paid, um, you know, someone who learned the Vedas from his teacher and orally passed it down to me. So I've, I've done a lot of study with, with, um, Vedic knowledge, um, which is what, you know, Buddhism, Hinduism, all that is based on, on the Vedas. Um, so that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place, but I definitely believe in, higher power in, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty spiritual person, but it's taken me a lot of twists and turns to get here where I am now. Well, yeah, no, I can, I, I can relate. I mean, I, I came from not quite as, uh, and sorry that I'm saying this, but not as goofy as what you were raised, but similar in the sense of it was like foot loose. I mean, it was no drinking, no smoking, no chewing, um, you know, no dancing, no, you know, no sex because that leads to dancing. I mean, it was like, just, it was like nothing. And, uh, also that, you know, everybody outside of our church was going to hell and yeah, exactly. You know, and it was pretty much like, we're teaching the truth. Everybody else is watered down. Uh, they have a form of godliness, but not the spirit of it. We have the spirit of it and we're tongue talkers. And so, you know, it just became, you know, now I look back on it and I'm like, what a crock of shit. That's so, it's so, it's such a silly belief system to think that only the Christians are the ones that, that get to go to heaven. If there even is a heaven, which I'm, I'm very, Oh, Hey, um, do you mind if I take this call real quick? Oh yes. Just call me back. Yeah. I'll call you right back. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. How'd the phone call go? Good. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Everything's good. Awesome. Uh, so yes, I just, uh, I, I, I think I, I think I've worked through most of my bitterness when it comes to religion spending, you know, pretty much the first 50 years of my life, uh, believing something that I just don't. So here I was thinking about this yesterday. I believe the spirit of what I was taught, meaning, you know, kindness and goodness and, you know, loving people and you know, the, the, what I would consider like the message or the spirit or the heart of Jesus, whether Jesus actually existed or not, or, you know, whether he was God, which I don't believe he probably was God, but you know, he was an enlightened soul that taught what, whoever Jesus was, regardless to me, I don't think it's critical what people believe. I was raised to believe what you believe is critical, meaning you must believe Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life, or you're going to go to hell forever and ever and ever. 
So basically everybody who didn't believe in Jesus, I was taught was going to go to hell and burn for eternity. And that just sounds like total horseshit. Like that's right. Like I don't even kind of believe that. I don't even like think maybe I'm wrong. Like what if I'm wrong? No, that's fucking not true. There's no way that's true. That's absolutely ridiculous. But the spirit behind religions, uh, I find compelling. I mean, you know, the story of Jesus much like the story of Santa Claus. It's a great story that I think just like the story of Santa Claus is about generosity and giving and caring and all that kind of stuff. I think uh, the story of Jesus um, to me is similar in the, in the idea of the spirit of it and the heart of it. I, I still do resonate with that, if that makes sense. So if people say, do you love Jesus? Like, well, yeah, I love Jesus, but I don't have to, he doesn't have to really have existed for me to say that. Like, it's not dependent right. on he was born of a virgin and da, da, da. no, I don't give a shit about that. And no one can verify that anyway. And it's very unlikely that any of that stuff is true, but the heart yeah. behind it, I I'm down with what, what are, where are you at on it? Do you believe in Jesus or what? I don't know. To be honest with you, I feel like I said, I feel like there's a power greater than us. I feel like that we're all, um, you know, connected that we're all God in, in a lot of ways and that it's the consciousness. Um, I, I, I'm conflicted just because of how I was raised to say that anything is definite. You know, like I said earlier, I believe in like the quantum realm of like, there's always a possibility, you know? Um, but as far as like my personal, beliefs go it's more of you know like we're all one we're all connected we're all you know we're all this this one thing and this one thing is god and that's that's really how i choose to see it um and and express it in my life and that can align with scripture you know i mean i being that i was a bible teacher for 30 years you know i see a lot of the parallels and see some of the things like just even the beginning of the bible that we were created in god's image and we're all God's children. And, you know, how the church took it was like, no, we're, we're God's children. Everybody else that doesn't believe this is, isn't I'm like, guys, <laughs> that's just not true. Like any kid that I have is my child, regardless of what they believe. So I think that every, if we do come from God, if God created us, then we're all his children. You morons, <laughs> right? not just the ones that believe this certain thing out of a book written by only men. And it was only written 2000 years ago or whatever. And we have uh, what 180,000 years of human history before that, and maybe more, you know, we're still discovering that they just discovered a, a, a homo sapien like bones, a complete skeleton from like 300. Was it? Oh, I'm sorry. Not three one point something million years old or something crazy, you know, that there were, there've been humans on the earth for millions of years. So dear Lord, (laughs) the message of Jesus wasn't around back then. What, what happened to all those poor people? (laughs) Right. It just doesn't make sense. So, but but it does make sense that we're all created in God's image. You know, we're, we're all God. Um, and we all make up God together and it's a collective. So yeah, I resonate with that for sure. Um, so yeah, that's really fascinating. So uh, a couple questions to backtrack on your story. So 
if again, if this is okay to ask, how is your dad doing today? Well, he passed when I was 18. He passed in 97. Oh, it's actually um, the anniversary of his death um, Wednesday of this week. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Were you guys on the outs? Did you guys had you guys? Um, you know, it was complicated. I would go down there and spend um, summers with him and just try, you know, spend Christmas and summer. But he was a lot of times like partying and drinking, which I thought was cool because I could party and drink too. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely was very pissed off with him um, when he passed. Uh, yeah. We went up to, to see him quite a bit. He was up in Charlotte when he passed. Um, he would, had been living in Miami and then my grandmother and his twin sister brought him up to Charlotte to die, essentially, because he was really sick um, with pneumonia. And yeah, so I, we went up there. I was up there, but I had a choice the last weekend that he was alive. I had the choice to go up there or to stay at college and party. And my sister went up there. My middle sister, the youngest one, was too young. She just didn't. And I decided to stay at college and party, even though I knew it was probably the last time I was going to see him because I just was, I was definitely pissed off at him. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, I was still was going to visit regularly as regularly as I could. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I've, I've gone to see mediums since then. And, uh, I feel like we've resolved and he's, he's told me in some of those sessions with the medium, like, Hey, if you need to, talk about me in order for you to heal. If you need to tell the story of my life or in the, the ways that I messed up and the ways that it messed you up, then that I'm okay with it. It's not, it's not going to upset me. Um, so I feel like, you know, he's okay with me talking about all this stuff. Yeah. Well, of course. And so what about your mom? How's she doing? Uh, you know, she got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma the same year that he passed, which was my freshman year of college. And she has not been in good health ever since then. She's still alive. Yeah. Um, but she has really struggled with the cancer for many years and she's disabled. She's in a wheelchair and, you know, all three of us, we live really close by her to just kind of help her out. Her health is definitely not good. And I feel like that whole experience just you know her like kicking my dad out because she found out a bunch of stuff about his secret life and her having to go from stay-at-home mom to like figure it out in 0.1 second flat I think it really did mess up her body and mess up her immune system and I think that's part of the reason why she ended up getting cancer when yeah. she was my age you know wow. so that's yeah that's been another huge motivator for me to get my shit together with health and to, to stay on top of things. Well, yes, I share that belief with you too, that, that I don't care how my family, what, when they talk about, you know, genetics, which I, I have an opinion about that too, just from Bruce Lipton. I've listened to a lot of Bruce Lipton and I really like his stuff. Um, oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Don't you love him? He's just great. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just, because I'm, I'm also, as much as I'm into spirit, I'm also into science, you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, um, a denier of, of science though, you know, I am, I am one of those guys that's like, I, I'm not getting vaccinated because, and it's not because I'm anti-vax. I'm not anti-vax at all. I just, I'm so anti-drug. I don't, 
I don't even take right. aspirin. That's, the, that's the, you know what the, people go. Oh, you're anti-vax. I'm like, no, I, I don't no. even fucking take up aspirin. If I get a headache, you moron. I don't want to shoot I my am. body with shit. Yeah, I take. If I get a headache, I'll take peppermint essential oil on my tongue. Like I, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm crazy about what I put in my body. I don't use lotion on my skin. I use like beef tallow. Right. I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm serious. You're hardcore. I, I Your husband's I right. You are a little weird, Sarah. <laughs> I know. I, I, I literally don't wear makeup. I don't wear sunscreen. I don't like use lotion or anything. I mean, I'm so, yeah, to tell me I have to do that, they can go freaking stuff it. Yeah. Also, I have a daughter with a vaccine injury. And so. Oh, um, really? Was, tell me more. Well, she's, you know, has been like the whole reason I got into yoga was because of her. Um, she got a flu vaccine when she was 13 months and lost all of her speech and language and joint attention skills. It was a very significant injury for her. And to this day, she'll be 14 in December and she still can't talk. Um, and it's profoundly impacted our lives. Oh my gosh. All from the vaccine. Yeah, from a flu vaccine. And we have it recorded. We took her to the hospital um, that night and they were like, because she was throwing up nonstop and screaming nonstop. And I was like, well, she was fine when we were at the doctor today. And they were like, what would you get the doctor? I'm like a flu vaccine and a checkup. And they're like, yeah, this is a, this is clearly a reaction of the flu vaccine. And I didn't think that I didn't even think to question vaccines at the time. I was just like, okay, well, you just do it because that's what you're supposed to do for your kid. It's, it helps. It's for their health, you know? Um, and yeah, and she's profoundly autistic, um, non-speaking. She's genius. Um, she spells to communicate now and she, she, that's a whole other rabbit hole, but, um, yeah, it's, this whole, the whole global climate right now has been really tough for me, especially having a public platform. I don't talk about this stuff on my platform because I don't want to get deleted. Right. I don't want to get taken down. So I don't talk about it, but yeah. Yeah. That's what's nice Uh, about this podcast and being on Spotify. I'm like, I don't give a, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I believe and think. And you know, if it's my opinion, I'll say it's my opinion. If I feel strongly about it and I've, I did a I don't know if it'd be a debate, but it was a friend of mine and he's vaxxed and I'm not, you know, and he, he thinks I should get vaxxed and I don't, I think he shouldn't have got vaxxed. Right. But, but I have told, even in my debate with him, which is a very friendly debate. Cause I, at the end of the day, he loves me. I love him and, and we're still buds. Um, and I just told him, I said, you know, I said, my experience, I, I, it's, it's hard for people to understand when this is my experience. I hear what you're saying. I hear what people are saying about the vax. You know, they got the vax and had no problem. That's all. And that's their experience, right? So, but my right. experience has been negative when it comes to um, medicine. So I've yeah. been, you know, I'm an anti, I mean, I would go to the doctor if I had to. So, I mean, if, you know, if I, gotten a, you know, if I broke my arm, I I would go to the fucking doctor and I would do, you know, I would whatever I would do it. But my experience has just proven to me that I should take care of myself and make my own choices for my own body. And I chose a very natural path 
because I once was on nine medications and trying to get healthy back in my twenties and, you know, three different doctors and nine medications weren't helping me at all. And I just became, right. I was getting worse and worse and worse. And so when I became, you know, when I got into this all natural, healthy eating and herbs and, you know, and lotions and potions, you know, it worked for me. So it's right. like, I, you know, it's like, I don't care what anybody says. I've done yeah. both and this has been the way to health for me. So you are, you've got, you've got to be a fry short of a happy meal to think that I'm going to, after, you know, 40 years of no shots, no medicines, no nothing, all this stuff that I'm going to get a shot. <laughs> I just, right. I'm like, no, I'm no, just not uh -uh. going to do it. Just yeah, not and I, I've, do it. I've said like, you're going to come near my child over my dead body. Like literally you will have to kill me to get to my child with that thing. Like, forget it. Well, and here's the part I do find a little fascinating. I saw a woman's shirt the other day, which, which I thought was clever. Cause she, she was like, she's I'm vaxxed, but her shirt said, I'm not going to co-parent my child with the government. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, I agree with fascinating. that. Fascinating because I'm also, I'm like, well, Hey, what about all this free choice that women talk about, you know, especially on the democratic side, talk about free oh, choice. God, don't get me started. Yeah. About it's that like, shit. wait a minute. You should have a choice to choose. My body, my choice, unless it's about freaking vaccines and like, let's <sighs> believe let's believe what women say unless they say their child has a vaccine injury and then they're witches and we should burn them. <laughs> you I, know, like I that's, know that's, Sarah, the gosh. that's the climate. It's disgusting. And it's like, I can't believe I ever voted Democrat. I can't believe I was ever like a liberal quote unquote person. Cause now I'm just like, I consider myself more of libertarian if I have to choose. Yeah. Because um, Trump was a shit but, show. Oh my God! Like I can't say that that was a good thing. Right. That was not a good thing. He was <laughs> he was not somebody that we need to be promoting. Right. Um. But yeah, I voted for him this last election because I was not about to vote for the other one. Yeah. Uh. And if you had told me that four years ago, or, you know, the last election, 2016, I would have been like, "You're freaking crazy! No way!" Because yeah. I voted Hillary. Um. But I thought there's going to be, and I told my husband, he, cause he wouldn't vote. He just didn't vote. He's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And he's like, I can't vote for Trump. He's such a bad person. And I was like, yep. do you want a vaccine mandate for our child? Because if Biden's elected, that's what's going to happen. And he was like, you're crazy. That's not going to happen. And I'm like, okay, just w sit back and let's watch yeah. and see who's right. And look at what's going on right yeah. now. And I, yeah, I was calling insane. this stuff years ago and people were like, no, you're it's Sarah being crazy and weird again. And I'm like, uh, y'all just wait, y'all wait and see <laughs> they're going to try to take our rights away. That's what's going to happen. If, if you're bringing this Trojan horse into the white house, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. It, uh, with your, I'm with your husband. I literally couldn't. I just couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't do it. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, I was, but I was just like, I feel so strongly about this that I will do it, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think even there's a lot of people that, that really like you, they were like, I don't, you know, I wish there was a better choice than Trump. Yeah. There were just, yeah, he's pretty awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. is pretty awful. I'm, I'm super curious what's going to happen, uh, at the next election. Oh who's going to, who's going to go against, uh, Biden, if it's well, you know, Trump, Trump has I think been saying Biden he's going to run, and I'm like, oh God, please don't. Like yeah. we, don't <laughs> yeah, he needs to go away and just continue. I, I think just, he, 
I started some kind of social network I've heard or something. He's creating yeah. a, his own Facebook called Truth Social or something like that. Oh, God. <laughs> I heard that on, I may have heard oh, on okay. Joe Rogan or something. But anyway, yeah, that's very fascinating. And that, yeah, that would be a whole nother conversation because I, I also, as a, as a public figure, I don't post any of this on my, on my, on this, on my blog or on my podcast, I'll say whatever the fuck. I don't give a shit. Um, because it's, it's a free form, long, long form conversation. And so if people will listen to the whole conversation, they'll, you know, they'll get, they'll understand it more than just hearing just a little, he's not vaxxed. It's like, okay, it's more nuanced than that. It's, you know, cause I'm not anti-vax. I don't talk about any of this stuff on my profile. I have the, the whole reason I started a podcast this year was because I have been being censored and shadow banned. And I saw my engagement literally go from like huge to nothing overnight last year around this time. And I was really? like, what the hell? Yeah, I, I've been shadow banned and my YouTube channel has barely grown this whole year. And why? So well, why how do they do that? Well, there, <laughs> there's, there's some people that can decide that they don't want your stuff to be seen anymore and they don't push it out. I have not had a single video of mine promoted on YouTube this whole year. YouTube decides they don't want to promote your shit and, and you don't get pushed out and you don't get um, seen. And that's what's been going on with my account for the last year. So that's why I started um, my podcast was because I'm like, I need a platform where I can actually say how I feel and I haven't even really done that necessarily so much. I'm, I've started to a little bit, but I haven't done it as much as I'd like to. Yeah. Um, but that's why I started a podcast. Cause I was like, I can't have YouTube controlling my messaging. No. I can't have Instagram controlling, you know, what I'm trying to put out there. Yeah. So, that's, that's, yeah. For, yeah, that that's fucking bullshit. That's why I, well, it's not, not maybe it is definitely why Joe Rogan went to Spotify I mean, oh, he, yeah. he said it, he's like, Hey, I I'm, I'm concerned that I might get, um, you know, demonetized or have yeah. my channel turned off on YouTube. And so, yeah, well, that's what Spotify. happened to Michaela Peterson. Her whole YouTube channel got demonetized without a single warning, you know, fuck those guys. No, that's so ridiculous. No, yeah. No warning at all. And they took all the monetization away from her. It's like you can have people talking about flat earth on there but right. <laughs> it's like, which we all know yeah. for sure is not true like we have fucking right. pictures we have video footage it's like it's, it's yeah it is it is shocking um i remember i posted something about um i can't remember what it was matter of fact it wasn't even anything bad at all i think it was i was asking a question like who thinks masks work? Who thinks they don't? Like, I was literally just curious, oh, like, what are your opinions? That. Like, I'm, I didn't, I wasn't saying I could, I wasn't anti-mask or format. Like, I was just saying, what do you guys think? And that thing got taken off there <laughs> off Facebook. Yep. And I'm like, that's it's just right. a question. Can we not have a dialogue? Can we not nope, talk we about can't. shit that's going on in the world? And can't there be nope. a dissenting opinion? Can, can't I say, yeah, I don't like masks. Uh, don't I have a right no. to say that? Nope. <laughs> nope. We can't. It's unfortunate, but that's just where, where we've come to at this point, you know? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's very fascinating because you strike me to be, you and I are similar. I guess I'm older than you, so you'd be like me. But anyway, I, I think the what I 
what I love and I get it a lot from Joe Rogan is just being able to have a conversation, even when you right. differ, even if you were like, I didn't vote for Trump and I would have never voted for Trump, but I'm totally fine with you. having Like it doesn't, I don't think, Oh yeah. God, I can't believe Sarah. Oh my, like it doesn't, I'm like, yeah. no. I, oh, but I've never told anyone really publicly because people will cancel me because they don't understand the nuance. The yeah. reason I did that was purely because I'm literally afraid the government's going to come and try to take all my rights away. Right. I could give a shit if it's freaking, you know, Krusty the Clown, which it basically was. Which it was. You know? <laughs> I say it pretty it much was. was. But I mean, I really could care less. I was trying to vote against Biden at that point, and sure. yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, people are have no ability to have a nuanced conversation anymore. I mean, they can't see context. They can't have a nuanced conversation without just completely canceling and shutting people down. And that's what's happening on uh, Facebook and Instagram and, and the internet in general. I mean, it's crazy. These tech companies are really, really, um, you know, they're, they're shutting people down. Yeah. And a lot of it's just poison. I mean, it's even back Remember, yeah. remember early on when the, this whole thing started, uh, I think Trump said something about we need to look into the Wuhan lab, you know, as a leak or whatever. And that right. was like, oh, conspiracy theory. That's why when you were like, are you a conspiracy theorist? I was like, well, <laughs> well, yeah, now, now that is the primary, most likely what the fuck happened. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. that, that wasn't, that wasn't any kind of conspiracy theory, you idiot. That was actually right. the truth. You know, it's right. like, do you think that the fucking pharmaceutical companies that are honest, like, didn't we no. just go through a big opiate crisis? You know, it's like, right. come on. I'm again, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but it's like, right. you don't think they're telling us the full yeah. truth, do you? Well, the thing is, like, when all this stuff happened with my daughter, you can't sue for vaccine injury. We have profoundly changed our lives to have a disabled child for the last, you know, almost 14 years now. I've had to, I had to leave my corporate job where I was making over six figures. We have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on therapies for her. We've had to sue the school system twice. I mean, the amount of shit that we've had to go through and the money that we've had to wow. pay because of this is insane. And we can't sue, like you can't sue the vaccine companies and we're at the hospital and the doctors are saying this is clearly a vaccine injury, but you can't sue them. And then if you say vaccine injury, you get canceled. And so it's just like, yeah, people, and this is why people think that the people that say these vaccines may not be safe are crazy and they're anti-science. And it's like, yeah, you've never had a vaccine injured child and have your whole life turned upside down. Right. Like you've never had that happen clearly. Because if that hadn't happened to me, I probably honestly would still be like, yeah, whatever. You know, I probably would be going along a little bit more with things. Sure, sure. I never would have gotten into yoga or anything that I do now because I just would have kept on with my corporate job and like living my life the way it was, you know? And that's, I think that's the real, to me, the, how do I say this? That's the real concern is that people that, say the things that you just said, you know, like, well, you're just anti-science. You're just a crazy person. Blah, blah, blah. Right. It's like, no, my experience has taught me or has given me a different lesson than apparently what it's taught you. 
you know, and exactly. like it put yourself in my shoes. Had you taken your perfectly normal child in to get a vaccine and then upon getting the shot immediately and now this, like you're going to tell me that you'd right. still be, let's all get vaccinated no matter what? No, you wouldn't. Right. Exactly. There's no, exactly. there's no sympathy or empathy there and an understanding. And so for me, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, listen, you have the right to do whatever you want. If you want to go get a shot, then you go get it. I don't, and yep. I'm not, and I won't, and no one's going to fucking make me do it. Yeah. So yep. there you go. And I feel really sorry and sad for, you know, those that, that all around the country, apparently, I mean, what the fuck's going on now that, you know, all the police, all the police that are fucking quitting because they're, they're not going to yep. get the vaccine and all the nurses and doc, it's like, and even some of the yep. pro athletes on sports teams. And I'm like, this is yep. fucking ridiculous guys. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. But I saw this coming from a mile away. I totally saw it coming. Yeah. Um, not that it makes it any better, but yeah, it's it's a sad state going on right now for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I I uh I kind of have had a deadline for me that the end of this month. So I live in Kansas City, which is there's Kansas city, Missouri, and then there's Kansas city, Kansas. Like literally I could run like jog. And within a couple minutes, I'd be across the state line and be in Kansas. But anyway, so Missouri, Kansas, Missouri, we have a mask ordinance right now. So anytime you oh, go, wow. you know, you go into a restaurant, you got to put your mask on to walk six feet. And then once you sit down, you can take it off because yeah, it's you know, like it in Atlanta, right. Coronavirus sure. doesn't spread when you're seated. So, right. uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I just decided that, that the mandate ends on the 31st and they've extended it, extended it and extended it. And I've just decided that October 31st, I'm done. I'm not wearing a mask anymore. Um, and if that means I shop over on the Kansas side for everything, then I guess that's just what I do. Um, but it's just like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I, you know, I committed to this lockdown. I committed to this stuff and I, you know, I was trying to do my part and I, all that stuff. I, I jumped on board to be a part of it all. And then once it went from through, you know, a few weeks to months and then now a year and then almost two, it's like, no, <laughs> I'm yeah, not, exactly. not living my life with a mask on. And thankfully, like my yeah. career was impacted big time because I do weddings, right? That's my career. Uh -huh. Matter of fact, my career is weddings and then MMA. I'm a ring announcer. Oh, and wow. so everything that I did for a living yeah. was in in and around gathering groups of people. Yep. So I couldn't work for almost a year. Like I was wow. forced that I couldn't. Now, thankfully, thankfully, I was doing like backyard weddings and people were still doing their weddings. They just weren't doing them at the venues, you know, that like, yeah. Fortunately, there was some of that going on. Uh, but yeah, it, it definitely, it, it, it pissed me off. It angered me, you know, and some of my friends that yeah. have jobs that were completely unaffected, I'm like, okay. But, and I, you know, my life was completely affected. Like I go, imagine, especially one of my friends that worked as a nurse, I said, imagine if they just came in and said, nope, you can't work and, and, yeah. you're, and you're not going to get paid. Right. <laughs> How would exactly. you feel? Like you'd feel a little different about all this, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I. I had to stop working because all the yoga studios and gyms closed down and that's what I was working at full time. And 
Um, luckily my husband is in medical sales. And so he was able to keep working and keep, you know, my yoga job really was not paying for shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of just like a passion project. Um, but all of my stuff online really kind of took off. And that's when, you know, I really started dedicating more energy to my, um, platforms, you know, that's awesome. And podcasts and YouTube. But yeah, I mean, everyone doesn't have like an online gig that they can just beef up. They, you know, a lot of people were just left like with nothing, you know? Right. So tell me, um, how are my listeners, uh, that listen to this podcast can connect with you, what your podcast is, uh, your Instagram or, or whatever you promote. Yeah, um, you can find my podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's called the Carnivore Yogi Podcast. You can find me on YouTube if you just search Carnivore Yogi. And you can also find me on Instagram. It's at carnivore.yogi. There's a dot in between. Um, but that's the best way to find me. And I'm pretty responsive over on Instagram if you shoot me a DM. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you are. I appreciate you getting back to me. Okay. A couple little funny, fun little questions. I always like to ask guests, um, UFOs, aliens. Huh? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> do they uh, exist? You know, like I said, the quantum, uh, quantum field, I, I don't say no to anything. I haven't done, I feel like I haven't done enough proper research on the topic. I started watching a couple documentaries, but I kind of just zoned out a little bit. So I, I definitely, I'm not going to say, no, I'm not going to shut that one down. So by documentary, you mean ancient aliens? <laughs> I don't know which one it was on. Um, God, I think it was on Amazon. My brother-in-law is all into this shit and he was like telling me to watch it. And I, I started and I just kind of, I don't know why I wasn't into it. Fizzled out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. I think it, again, who the fuck knows, but I wouldn't be, uh, well, I think most, most of the brilliant minds in the world say that there's gotta be life out there somewhere. The universe is too big and there's surely life out there somewhere, uh, which I would agree. I think that it would be weird if we were the only planet of the billions and billions and billions and billions of planets that actually has life on it. Uh, I definitely think it would fuck up a lot of the Christian, a lot of the religious people if some aliens appeared and said, oh yeah, we, we seeded you guys millions of years ago. You're actually from a planet in another galaxy. It'd be like, uh, oh, <laughs> well that, right. fucks, that fucks up my Bible narrative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so the last question, book, a book you're reading or some, a couple books that have impacted you deeply that you would recommend. Gosh, um, right now I'm reading the body electric by Bob, Dr. Bob Becker is very, very interesting book. Um, all about how our body is not just this like chemical system that we keep thinking we put in something and get something out. It really talks about how we're electrical beings and the history of our medical system. And I think it's a really great starter book. If you want to understand how the body actually works. Um, this definitely magnificent machinery that we have and it's called the body electric. Ah, that's fascinating. Yeah, it really is. Well, Sarah, man, this conversation turned out to be a lot more entertaining than I, than I would have yeah. thought. <laughs> you about coffee. I'm like, okay, really? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I like doing, uh, podcasts like this where I don't, 
you know, you and I didn't talk before our first time to talk on the phone was here live on this podcast. And I just love that. I love that uh, for me, it was literally, I was, I wanted to get to know Sarah and hear your story and all the stuff. And so for me, I, it was really an audience of one, whether anyone listens to this podcast, uh, ever, uh, for me, it was very, um, enlightening and, and, uh, educational and, uh, inform, inform, uh, got a lot of good, good information from you. So thanks for giving me your time and allowing me to, uh, have you on my podcast. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Well, have a awesome rest of your day and, uh, tell your husband, I said, hello from Kansas city. <laughs> I sure will. All right. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.